One set. Camera rolling. Sound. The good, the bad, and the just plain standard. Take one. Salut. Hey. All right. Welcome back to the good, the bad, and the just plain standard podcast, where we provide you with our informed opinions on movies we watched together. We are your hosts, Adam, Anu, and Jan. Today is all about Shaun of the Dead, starring Simon Pegg, Kate Ashfield, Nick Frost, Lucy Davis, Dylan Moran, and Bill Nye. Good. So that's how you pronounce it. I always had doubt. I, I oh, didn't Bill. realize if there was a T in there. So Bill Nighy. Nighy, yeah. Nighy, okay. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> there you go. A very staple of the British cinema, Bill Nighy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. And um, is it Sink the Sink? Or is it Gary Oldman that's in Tinker Tailor Underworld? Soldier Spy? He is in Underworld. I'm sure he's in um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. But I could be getting him and Gary Oldman mixed up. Anyway. And he's obviously uh, in a Love Actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's really good in oh, that. Oh, yes. See, I love that film. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's just trash. But So uh, we've all recorded, we've recorded the childhood trauma uh, movies already. So this one is an extra one, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you want to say why? Uh, chose this one maybe yeah i mean Shaun of the dead for me has always been a, a genre defying film one of the successful amalgamations of comedy and horror that does it successfully also the fact that we at milk and a wine glass production company instead of the podcast we Same the good thing. good the bad and are just plain standard started off with edgar wright way back in the end of august which isn't that long ago to be fair um, Baby Driver. We started off with Baby Driver, so we thought, well, in our first ever month of a theme, let's cover an Edgar Wright film. And boy, did we pick a good one. Mm. This is Edgar Wright's first picture. Oh, yeah? Yeah, first. this is first feature film. Ah, nice. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, very nice. You, you can see some stuff that we talked about in Baby Driver. You can see them, the germs, like the the, the baby version. like. Uh, yeah, you, you see a lot of things come back. And Gian's favourite thing, to shout out to Victoria, there's a long, there's a long, well, there's not a long take, but there's a continuous shot in this film. For yes, there is. And it it's also between a house and a shop. Oh, it's yeah, not there's... a coffee shop this time, but there, actually twice. Uh, so there's yes. one when everything is fine, fine. it goes there. Yeah. And there is a second one, which is way longer, yeah. uh, when <laughs> stuff yeah. is no longer fine. And how much we just don't notice anything. <laughs> it's funny, you take, you watch, I've seen this film probably about 12 times now, I think. And every time, yeah, it's, I've seen this film a lot, a, a lot. I used to watch this a lot when I was a kid. Because it freaked me out. The, one of the death scenes really freaked me out. And then I saw where that death scene is really from, which is a, uh, Dawn of the Dead, and that even freaked me out even more. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, plot summary for Sean of the Dead. So, Sean is your average English bloke, has a very <laughs> dull job working in a television electronics shop, and has a pretty mundane and quite happy existence of working, going to the pub, working, going to the pub, you know. He's a very standard British lad. However, his girlfriend, Liz is not too keen on all this, and unfortunately for Sean, their relationship terminates. (laughs) But what also terminates is everyone else in the entire world, as the next day, a zombie apocalypse breaks out. Or (laughs) shall I say, a apocalypse breakout, because we won't call them zombies in this film. Don't use the Z word. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So heartbreak... quote... So heartbreaking, heartbroken Sean attempts to find out what's happened to Liz and then hold up with him, his friend, 
Ed, his mother, and a whole band of company until this all blows over. Hmm, so it's kind of a zomcom then. <laughs> zomcom. Ha, ha, ha. Oh dear. Yeah, I think that's how it's called. But uh, I just watching it like romcom, zomcom. Yeah, it should work. They would uh, work. Yeah, apparently, it's, a, it's it's how it's called. Isn't there isn't there like a zombie romantic comedy which was a um, or a zomedy? A zomedy. Yeah, it was a. Uh, <laughs> it was like a. It's called Cold Blood or something like that. Uh, I don't know that. I, that's probably not the title, but it's like um, Romeo and Juliet, except they're zombies. Oh. I can't remember the I name. I don't know, but there is a recent um, pra- oh, Tragedies yeah. and Zombies. Yeah, that one. I mean, that started off as a book, didn't it? I think. Uh, or, or did it start off as a TV? I, I have no idea. I, I think it's a book. I think it was a book or a graphic book novel. Book first, yeah. yeah. I think there's Lily James in this one also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Lily, the other one, Collins, maybe, I don't remember. It's oh, very much a Downton-esque film, so it wouldn't surprise me if um, <laughs> Lily, Lily James, James is in it. Yeah, she's got quite a aristocratic face. I didn't see that in cinema. I remember that being advertised, but I never went to see it. No, so, me neither. Yeah, I almost, I know that um, Janet told us that the fighting was just incredible. Oh. So yeah, yeah, she went to see it and she oh. really loved the fighting. In there. Good film for uh, people aspiring to do rapier and dagger or any sort of stage qualified combat. Yeah. So I didn't do any research on this one. We, we're just out of watching it uh, yeah, this like, is, like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, this is, one of the, this is another rare one that we actually watched all together at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have a question who came up during watching. So what's the story behind the meeting of those three minds? Especially Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright who co-wrote the the movie. There's also Nick Frost. They met on the British television comedy series Spaced. Ah, right, right. Which is... Oh, we talked about that, I think. I think we brought up Space in the Baby Driver podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen Space in a long time. But from what I remember, it's essentially the idea for Shaun of the Dead was born out of one of the episodes where um, uh, Simon Pegg's character in space takes too much speed and alcohol oh, and he plays far too much Resident Evil 1. <laughs> so um, he has like this zombie filled nightmare. Ah, uh, those and dogs in the corridor, man. After after that, after that um, episode, Simon Pegg and... Edgar Wright had the idea to make a feature film about the zombie apocalypse featuring the majority of spaces present in that film. The other, the the female equivalent of Sean is um, the major female character in Spaced. Okay. Um, Spaced is a good series. I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't remember it that well. But from what I do remember, it's very, if you like Edgar Wright, it's worth having a watch. There's also another one, but I don't think uh, Edgar Wright is involved, but it has the two leads, uh, Frost and uh, Peg. Uh, Paul, have you seen this one? Yeah, I've seen Paul, yes. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Alien. Sargoni Weaver's in that film as well, actually. She's the, yes, uh, she's the, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. The yes. <laughs> big, big, big something. Uh, I can't, I don't really talk about that in case because it's quite a spoiler. Yeah. Um, Paul's all right. I remember honestly going to see Paul because I liked Simon Pegg from Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz was one of the things I loved as a kid. I shouldn't have watched Hot Fuzz as a kid, but... <laughs> Hot Fuzz is good. Hot Fuzz is amazing. It's really interesting. But, I mean, that's the most amazing things about certain films, that you can watch them as a child and then you go back to them as an adult and you see it, and it's like a completely different film, like, because you understand little jokes and, yeah. you know, there are things like... I mean, even 
things like Toy Story you can watch <laughs> yeah, over and over again. Because, for example, in this one, I saw a joke that I've never seen in like the twelve times I've seen this, and that there was a joke. There was a joke I hadn't seen already. I'm like, oh, that's that's what that means. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's multi multi layered. Yes, there oh, yes. was one that I definitely clocked onto this time, and and now I have completely forgotten it. <laughs> Let's just hope that through this podcast, at some point, I'll just remember it. You remember the joke. But it was just genius. It's like how the hell could I have missed that the first but you just you do there's so much stuff going on it's multi-layered on multiple levels actually because yeah the story well the writing yeah. and the background action and stuff yeah, yeah the, right it's very 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 smart do you, you watch so and I mean that happens in um sorry and now I'm I'm cross connecting films but like that happens in alien all the time like you're watching something that's in the forefront but in the background something's happening and if you don't watch it closely you'll miss it and Edgar Wright does that in Baby Driver, Hot Fuzz, and Shaun of the Dead. Jan, you were around in the 90s. Yes. Did you, in the birth of the internet... <laughs> so were we, Adam. Yeah, Jesus but me, me and you... We weren't like 2000 babies. <laughs> no. What I mean is, Jan, did you, ever, did you ever join like any fan forums for any like, say like Firefly or Star Wars or something oh, like that? You know, that's funny you're saying that because mm. I... You know, when I went away for a, a few days uh, last month, okay. I went back to France mm. to my very old house where we grew up. And I went to a kind of a cupboard where I used to hide my stuff. And I found, I brought them up. Well, I don't have them there, but I'll need to show you that. <laughs> like um, fan club letters, like uh, fanzine, fanzines and stuff mm. from um, Quantum Leap. Ooh, okay. Yes. Ah. Yes. So you would be happy to know that all of the extras, like the zombies, are fans of the spaced form. Edgar Wright and the team put out an advert on the form saying, does anyone want to be zombies? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and there you go. The majority, yes. of, the majority of those extras are just act. Well, not actors. Cult fans. followings. Yeah, there you go. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's no, really cool. Actual forums no i don't really for some french comedians yeah i used to be like a hardcore fan a few years ago but well, that was yeah forum pages were i imagine forums were big before like the birth of facebook and um, myspace when people could that's where you had to go there had to be a specific page for you guys to talk about it now it's on facebook you can join a group message that right. way and i mean like I, i've only seen them over the shoulder of like boyfriends and things but they seemed really badly done yeah. And this was probably because they were done like in the early ages of the digital age. So maybe they didn't kind of get better as digital age kind of well, went on. Well, fan forms basically evolved into Reddit. Yeah, there because... Are big subreddits are basically fan forms, right. essentially. Or even just like YouTube comments as well. I just sometimes, no, but the thing is that you used to need your... Well, or book or pay for a hosting provider and then install mm -hmm. the actual uh, forum system in there and create the whole thing. You know, I maintained the Leaf Tyler web's official, web, well, not official, but in 1996, I was already tech savvy. So I created the Leaf Tyler website that I'm trying to resurrect right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I never got to do a forum, but had plenty of pictures. And uh, so it was, you, you, you required, you needed to be tech savvy now you just go on reddit and the audience is already there yeah you had to also build your audience at the time like very niche uh, fan clubs online fan clubs so um 
Yeah. Hmm. For other listeners, Shaun of the Dead is the first in the latterly named Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, strawberry flavoured, hot fuzz, vanilla flavoured, and then <laughs> the at World's End. No, that's Pirates of the Caribbean. World, the World's End, something like that. I think it's the World's End is um, mint. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I don't remember. So there's a different flavor of cornetto yeah, yeah, in each yeah. film. Wasn't that something to do with the fact that that was Edgar Wright's Hangover Cure or something? It's Simon Pegg's Simon Pegg. Simon, Simon Pegg's Hangover Cure is apparently a cornetto. That's hilarious. That's really funny. That's so good that they kind of bring those things into their writing. Write about what you know, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, your hangover cures, why not? Because some of the best writing is the stuff that is true to you, because you believe in it so much, and you can convey it as well. Yeah, of course, like like dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at something. You know, online there's a website called threeflavorsscreenplays.com, and you've got got the three interactive screenplays in there. Mm. So I'll put the link... Because it's always uh, interesting to... It's, it's in, interactive in the fact that you've got loads of uh, um, storyboarding elements and pictures okay. and stuff. So it's not what actors usually get. It's for everyone. Mm. Yeah. The thing that gets me about this film is that you can jump into it no matter what aspect of horror you're a fan of. Because there's something here for everyone, I feel. There's a bit of yeah. action, a bit of suspense, a bit of drama. Bit of everything, really. I think Edgar Wright's really good at that kind of thing. Because, I mean, most of his films are like that. Like anyone who can enjoy these films because they're just so much fun. He uses a storytelling trick that I would call the, uh, just like the Spielberg reveal that you see the face before and then the camera uh, displays the, what, what is actually happening. The, um, well, at the start, you know, like Sean is talking with his girlfriend and they're talking about Ed. And they say, no, it's uh, fine. They're talking in, in a bad way about uh, yeah, Ed is in the... It is Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed, yeah. But they're talking about, and then whoosh, the camera quickly pans on the... And you, you've got that that kind of stuff multiple times. Yeah. The, like, same with the friends. The fast reveal. Yes, yes, right. yes. Like, at least 10 or 12, ten, yeah, plenty of times you've got this very nice... Uh, yeah. Thing. It's a really good way of getting rid of all the kind of boring stuff that we do in between getting from here to there, like A to B. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, as the well. Transitions, like yeah, the fast like, uh, cutaways. Exactly. Like, like you've got fast actions doing, oh, this is yeah, yeah exactly and mm-hmm. it's like so when they're beating up one of the zombies and then it just goes quickly transitions to them like holding a cup of tea shocked with like blood spattered on their face like that's so rare to see in filmmaking and like it's such a ingenious way of cutting out all the bits that might seem you know boring or like repetitive well that's the thing with this film it's super quick right like it you doesn't can't waste switch any off. time yeah. <laughs> well i mean you don't want to switch off at all it reminds a bit of uh You've obviously seen um, the very first Kingsman, right? The yes. church yes. scene. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. That's a great scene. <laughs> oh my god, I yeah. love that scene. Yeah. It's great fun. It's sad that appeared in the first Kingsman because I don't think anything that Kingsman does is going to top that. You know that moment. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Okay. I haven't seen the new one yet, to be fair. So maybe um maybe that'll prove me we'll wrong. We'll see. I know that in the in the trailer, I really like Ed Ed Edgerton. The the main uh, the boy Edgerton just yeah yeah um, it's not Ansel Edgert I I used to mix those two names but it's uh, yeah no Taggart Egerton or something yeah right um his orange jacket I think that's a beautiful color <laughs> never seen that color before anyway mm. there you go I, there was one line I loved in there which appeared quite early twice because it uh, you've got red on you. Yes. It was just ink, but yeah. it became blood yeah. quite quickly. Yeah, exactly. You got red on you. Just sounds like blood. 
Oh, I was I was talking about background action also uh, earlier. I mean, so in terms of what you've got in the frame, but also in terms of the sound happening and the importance of Foley uh, work. Mm. Ah, we talked about yes, that. Yes, yes, you know, yes. It was the stuff that was introduced by I think the first name is Jack Jack Foley mm-hmm. a bit before the uh, when when the cinema was transitioning between silent and uh, sound. Mm. And they initiated the whole thing, and now it's uh, known as uh, by his name. You know the the fact to add all the sounds afterwards, which really makes the difference when you watch something because yeah, yeah. The production value is the, is always the sound. Anyway, mm. so you've got the most beautiful image, and the sound is crap. Yeah, you switch off because that's very true. Oh, also remember Baby Driver? At one point, it was the baby was watching the TV, and there were quotes from uh, yeah in here. You've got uh, the whole story, yeah. yeah, full sentences made from bits of programs. Oh, yes, like news. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's very clever. It's also such a time bomb, especially for um, British watchers, because um, one of the clips is from something that used to be called um, T4, which was when hmm. uh, Channel 4, which is on the Channel 4 on digital television, used to have a on a, on a, on a weekend it was a take takeover, like so. I think it was meant to be for like teens. So it was a lot of music video stuff, a lot of interviews, and yeah, like I, spring th- break type. Yeah, and it doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. I don't think. I don't think T four still happens, or if it does, it's very. I'm not in touch with it anymore. So it's quite nice to see um, stuff on the television, especially although you won't ever see it again because of um, issues involving sex scandals in the seventies. There was clips of um, it's a knockout which uh, was a, <laughs> a game show in Britain, not akin to any uh, Tayeshi's Castle-esque or a Total Wipeout, uh, mm. where people would just be in a park on inflatables trying to do things. But the host of that show was later convicted of associations with... It was around the time of the Jimmy Savile case here in Britain, oh, so he's gosh. he was around in that, that era, so it's a knockout, isn't... You can't see it anywhere now. Yeah, shows won't put it on. So, in a way, this is the only way you'll ever see a bit of it. Like, what is it? Jim will fix it or something? Yeah, you won't see any Jim will fix it stuffs anymore at all anywhere because of the revelations. Mm. So it's not, not nice, but it's, it's strange to think that such a film like this has, a, has something in it that nobody now will get. Nobody will understand that joke of a, oh, it's a knockout with zombies because it was, the show itself was totally ridiculous. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, yes, it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, those kinds of, of movies like are so, like, I mean, so culturally ingrained. I mean, Deadpool was great, but hmm. someone watching Deadpool in 10 years won't understand any of the references. Like yes. Like Ani Boo Boo and stuff. I didn't even understand what, what was on the spot. So no. it's highly focused, yeah, using references. Yeah, it's, 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 it is a danger. You know, being self, not self-referential, but um, time-referential yeah, is, yeah. is dangerous. I mean, the, I'm sure there are films where people are going, what's up? When that- we- <laughs> yes, I remember that pizza advert. Or um, everything, everybody who used to do the, you know, in Borat, every, films later on, they would go, it's nice, stuff like that. That'll get dated. I like you. Yeah, that's it's, very it's true, black, actually. Not there. There That's is very a, interesting. There is a symbolic I really liked in there. It reminded me of a French movie. As soon as it is dumped, the rain starts. Like whoosh. yes, oh yeah. And we, we have. I mean, we have a very very popular uh, movie in France that was called Bienvenue chez les Ch'tis. 
which was basically a guy who was uh, trying to get a job in the south where there's sun and stuff and he pretended to be handicapped to have more chances it didn't work <laughs> so actually it was sent north where it's just no nobody wanted to go and as soon as the on the road he passes the actual sign saying welcome to Pas-de-Calais well the place <laughs> the rain <laughs> like, like crazy <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's a very funny film, and it got me thinking yesterday. We'll probably be doing a instead probably of a French month, kind of an European month, mm-hmm. because of that film there was an Italian version that was made, uh, which was reversed because you wanted to go to Milan, but you actually went to Na- Naples. So that's the reversed, which is very funny, and uh, we'll very certainly have an Italian guest. I asked, and uh, she said, "Yeah, she'll be happy to." Can uh, <laughs> can we can we like totally ruin our own credibility? So we do like some really good French, really good Italian, and then we just do Mr. Bean's Holiday. Yes. You know the one where he gets he goes to France. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm up for dear. that. I'm up for that. Anything with Mr. Bean, I'm so happy with. I think Jan will understand yes. Mr. Bean more than he would understand Carry On. Yeah. Well, was that? Yeah, I've seen. Like, is that one of the movies or the Mr. Bean Abroad? He like. He goes to, I think, Mr. Bean Abroad, he basically wins a raffle to go to France, to go to the beach or something. I mean, like, you know, not Nice, but Naples, basically. And, um, not Naples. What's, mm, I was about to say that um, France. Cannes. So, like, you know, the south, where it's nice. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, we're we fans. We've missed. We are Mr. Bean fans in the house. Uh, I mean, in my in my family, mm. so, especially those three leg legged cars. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> and uh, the fact that he never speaks pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we, we love Perfect. Uh, we love him. <laughs> Did you also notice? I I don't know if it's a reference, but I really liked the girl in the garden with a hole inside her. Yes, it reminded me of the T one thousand. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It must have been, surely. Although, if it appeared in... Because um, I know that this is a big appreciation of um, George, a- George R... Is it R? No, I think it's A. George A. Romero, um, who directed the classics of zombies. You know, he's the father of zombies, essentially, in, <laughs> in cinema. Yeah, not in real life. He sadly passed away as well, George, this year, I think. Ah. This year or last year, because um, Edgar Wright uh, wrote and like a, had an open letter because they were such big fans and George really likes Shaun of the Dead. He really gets it, because it is essentially Shaun of the Dead is Dawn of the Dead, really. Right, Okay. and it's a bit of a joke and it's a little bit satirical as well. Well, the, even the title of the film, Shaun yeah, right. of the Dead. Right, exactly. Well, the jokes are... Uh, they they are timeless also like there's like at the end the mother i never thanked you and you know and the, yeah <laughs> for the, these the, oh okay the flowers oh well, fuck <laughs> yeah. for what <laughs> the flowers it just makes you realize how many cliches there are in some films you know the, the, yeah exactly like take care of me son take care of your sister son sort of thing like you know the speech is coming the, the classic death speech and then it's reversed like i never said thank you right like how for the flowers like how philip in the car it looks like he's trying to get out but actually he's trying to shut the music off <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's that, that is just perfect because it's like yeah but that's that's when you start laughing at yourself because you think of this one thing and it's going to be like this immediately because we've seen it so many times and then it switches and you're like, oh, what? well, why did I think that it would be that way? Which is kind of attuned to one thing. 
Hmm. I would have liked it if I know this would have never happened, but it would have been quite funny if um, there's a deleted scene in Baby Driver where um, we like get a flashback to where Baby learned to drive, and it's actually Ed that taught him how to drive. Hmm. Just when he's driving that car, like does the handbrake turn in the Jag? <laughs> it's totally spinning around. It's like there's no need for this. <laughs> yeah, it's just overkill. You know, I, before this one time we just watched it together, I watched it a while back, so I didn't even necessarily remember many things. But I especially remembered Zombie School uh, mm. when they're yeah. trying to reach the Winchester, right? And I always wondered, would real zombies be fooled? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? In every single zombie film, there's always the scene of like, we have to get through the, the horde of zombies. The Walking Dead, for example, it comes up in Walking Dead so many times. It's like, oh, they've got to get through a herd of walkers. They're going to cover themselves in guts and then walk through. Because mm-hmm. that's usually how they do it. It's mm-hmm. like they cover themselves in the smell so that they don't recognize them. And yeah, they don't smell like of it. blood or whatever. I think that's the, the joke in this is the fact that it's just... <laughs> They just act like zombies and it's all fine. Yeah, because we don't know if the uh, the zombies can really detect people with brains and alive people. I don't know. Yeah, what's the difference between... (laughs) Well, maybe we'll just ask because uh, preparing for the Jigsaw episode, we are going to meet a a zombie tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Ah, Ah, yes. That's very true. For, For listeners, we're doing an escape room. Just, yes, we we're not are. we're not just like going to meet a zombie. Well, no, it's not um, my vampire girlfriend's mate who's a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one chained in the back room. Did that make the final version? Yes, it did. Yes, but it did. I I tuned it down uh, heavily. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen about zombies? And have you ever seen Being Human? Yes, I have, yeah. It's a very funny premise where there, there's like the f- three flatmates and there is one vampire, one zombie and one ghost. Yeah, it's, oh, right. it's, um, it's the UK version and the US version. The UK version is pretty good. The yeah. UK version has the actor that's like everywhere. He's like Budgie in Gavin and Stacey and he's in Alonzo in Doctor Who and he's in that episode, the Hound of the Basketball episode. Oh, so. uh, Toby, uh, no, um, he was in, uh, yeah, yeah, he was in uh, Angels in America. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, he was. He was the opposite to... Um, Tom- Andrew Gardner, Andrew Gardner, yeah. No, he does a lot of British stuff, and he's pretty good. He also yeah. leads the um, it's uh very stand, not standard. Standard's the wrong word. Very mundane esque ver like him and her, which is a romantic comedy about a, a couple that have the most like normal life ever. They just like chill out and do nothing, and it's not. It's like there's no drama in the show, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's very very British. It's actually I really enjoy it uh, that show. Russell Tovey. Russell Tovey, okay. yeah, Alonso, yeah, Alonso, Alonso. He's yeah. been in some, He's been on a lot of stuff. He's he's in History Boys with James Corden and uh, the guy that was Vernon Dudley just recently died. Oh. Rip, is it? Oh God, Richard Griffiths. Richard Griffiths. Yeah, that's it. And then obviously Gavin and Stacey and stuff like that too. So good actor. I love Gavin and Stacey. We should. We'll show. I'll show you being human. It's really good. Cool. <laughs> There's this bit of trivia we were wondering about. We noticed it both with Anouk. At one point in the car, just before uh, Ed noticed the jag, yeah. he has a patch without hair. Yeah, it's Do like you know? it looks like a mistake. Like you're going yeah. to yeah. <laughs> just been shaved off i don't actually know the story behind that but i do know that in the commentary from 
Simon and Edgar Wright, they mention it briefly about, uh, oh, we'll leave it to Ed and the, the cast documentary to explain why he's got a, sh- a shaved patch on his head. I don't actually know. Oh, they don't go on to say? No, they do. I just haven't watched that one in a while. Oh, right, right, So right, I can't right. remember off the top of my head. But the thing is, because of Ed's character... It wouldn't surprise you. Oh, we can. We yeah, true. And that's probably why it was okay to leave it on because it was like, oh, it's Ed. You know, it's fine. It's we quite have- funny as well because um, if you, I've never noticed that until today as well. Really, I've I never really noticed it either. So like, it's one. It, no, I I hadn't noticed it before. Yeah, either. it's like um the in Baby Driver the sound editing where if he takes one headphone out, you hear the other one or the constant hum once you notice it you'll never not notice it so there you go listener prepare to notice the shaved patch on nick frost's head for the rest of your time if you ever watch Shaun of the dead i mean i didn't even realize when when sean was on the phone and he was calling liz and she was engaged and he was like oh she's engaged and then ed goes oh that was quick yes yes. (laughs) Yes. i was just like i've never noticed that before but like even after that sean acknowledges it acknowledges it was that the joke you were trying to remember i think it might have been yeah yeah (laughs) and i tried laughing out loud because it's just like how did i not notice that it's so funny do you know what one bit of the film that (laughs) this is so bad this is what yam was talking about earlier about like in 10 years time people won't get the prices of the tvs in the shop there is like a really crappy tv by now stand it's like 4.99 i'm like who's paying 4.99 for that thing it's like one of them big box things i have two cats and they used to we had this massive tv in our living room you know like the back space and it had like it was a big massive thing because it had like a built-in entertainment system at the bottom so you could put like your dvd player and your dvds and stuff but the thing was huge so the cat would just sit on top of it because you would get heat oh and uh, oh yeah it got really hot yeah they all they always got really hot and um i just remember the day we got a new television like the flat screen the cat just looking at it really confused like how do i sit on this <laughs> and eventually giving up and like all right maybe i'll find something else to like a box i'll go in a box or on a radiator or something Mm, bilingual corner um, yes, you know the engaged, engaged. It's pretty much one of the two reasons why I started to watch movies in their original languages, like when I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. First of all, because I could enjoy the actual acting and not dubbing, and jokes because they can't be translated. They yeah. are adapted, and it doesn't work. It can't be. So yeah, I, I've never watched it in French, so I don't know how they made it. But mm. yeah, that's so interesting, like to see. If they would translate the joke fully or if they would have to it's change got, it because they wouldn't... It's got to lose something in translation. It, it has to. I mean, um, we talked about this again on the Victoria episode. <laughs> that me and you watched, uh, when we were in Germany visiting your mother, we watched um, the room, room on Fire. No, Man on Fire. Man on Fire <laughs> with room Denver on Washington fire. and Dakota Fanning. Yeah, yeah so like mm. it's, it's all in German. So the subtitles are in German, but they speak English. And it gets really confusing when there's scenes of um, the Spanish talking spanish that's subtitled in german and you're understanding them speaking spanish because i'm more familiar with the spanish language than i am of the german language right i'm like oh so that's the german for attention well i know that one but well that was really weird because then i tried to translate it from german the german subtitles into english for you (laughs) and then so it was like spanish english german english it 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 would be like you know you know if you put on a google translate you put a word into english from english into german and then change the german back into the english you lose something it comes out funny because it doesn't it doesn't work out the nuances of the sentence so it's kind of like that too so that's why i imagine jokes don't translate well further out 
I can't imagine the the Chinese or Cantonese version of this film having that translation works totally well. Yeah, because I mean, they have a different route completely. So they won't even have any similarities to our language. Yeah. Because they they don't come from Latin or Greek or... What is the French for engaged? Hmm. Engaged is... I I was talking about that with Emma the other day because my when I told her that my brother just... Pop the question, you know, I was, yeah, yeah. what's, what's the, when you get the ring and is it engaged, married? So I think, um, so engaged is the first step when you pop yes, the question. You, yeah. you ask someone and to then marry, you, get, you become engaged. So you're before, before you're married, you're engaged and then you're married after the wedding type mm. thing. You're engaged up to the, you say I do. Up basically. to the wedding. Yeah. It's a uh, fiance. Of course it is. Ah, uh, so, 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 <laughs> so we could. Qu- obviously use the word fiance as the person like, i feel like adam also, is my fiance it's also yeah, yeah. so you I, can say that in I french f- too it's of also a verb it so fiance yeah so yeah. okay and you've got the fiancée which is actually the actual fact god how we must be so we so that just proves the fact that british people don't pay attention to where they get words from yeah so yeah it's my fiance it's like, <laughs> of course of course that the the french for engaged would be fiance if you just sat and thought about it you're like right it's like blamange i'm like what what do you call a blamange in france that'd be a blamange isn't it what's a blamange it's like a pudding oh you wouldn't like what? it blamange oh. Uh, blam- no, it doesn't ring a bell. Oh, great. So now I've made a total arse myself again. Uh, what are you trying to say? Just, you don't know what a blamange is? Yeah, just say what it is. You're making I'll, that I'll, up. A blamange is like a, it's like a cake. It it's like half a cake and half a jelly. Oh, is that the blancmanger? I think. Yeah, that'll be it. I've heard that once. I don't. I have absolutely no idea what it is, but I've heard oh, it. Oh, thank God, Jan saved me there. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, you know, I think, like I think, blanche, isn't it? You know, I've got France, and I'm going to get a blancmange. <laughs> Like, they, we don't, they don't have blamond. It's like blamond is <laughs> a natural word, Adam. You've just made that up. And like, oh, it sounds. I don't know why I'm doing an English one for it, but you know. Oh, you know, it sounds uh, totally credible that blamond would be a French word. Well, that's tunnel vision. That's something I, I've been wondering about for years. And this film is also a very good example. You know, the second sh- the second shop run is yeah. just he has something to do, so he doesn't notice anything. Yeah, yeah. J- yeah. Just like when you're asked to get something from the fridge, but you expect that thing to look like this. Yeah. And you just can't find it. So, so that's yeah. tunnel vision. Ah. That's how it's called. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, it happens to us all right yeah, I mean, not anything especially if you're going to you know the corner shop like you do that trip so many times Anu- anuka's got a good story about tunnel vision oh god you know when you phoned me when you were in london and you just walked, and walked <laughs> oh and yeah walked and walked. so so basically i realized something about my life and it was like mind blown i was like i cannot believe that i've been stuck in this for years like in these horrible toxic relationships and I was on the phone to Adam in London and I walked and I was just power walking because I was so angry and I was just bitching to Adam like for, for it felt like hours just like oh my god I can't believe that I've done this and this is ridiculous and do you remember this and like last week I did this and yesterday oh my god I can't believe that this ever happened to me and I was going on like literally I, I got people staring at me because I was just screaming I was just did. I was just I was just in my own world realized that for 25 minutes i had been walking in the wrong direction (laughs) (laughs) and i was complete and i wasn't even like oh i've got to turn around i had no idea where i was so i I must have just walked and had no kind of where am i going 
Yeah, that happens a lot when you drive also, which is yeah. quite scary because, yeah, tunnel vision means like you're only focused on what's in front of you yeah, and yeah. the periphery, to explain a bit, like the peripheral disappears like yeah. crazy. Mm. So I had a, I remember quite a few times when I drove and uh, when I arrived, I just didn't remember. You don't remember. remember how you got there. You, yeah. You're like, I don't know where I'm, yeah. I got here, but I did. What, what, what uh, streets and I yeah. used and, st- whoa. For a fun fact, at the end of Anouk's story, um, so while Anouk's explaining all this to me, I'm standing on my old um, bed where I'm back in my hometown, and uh, literally at the end, like in a film, Anouk like, so that's what happened. I crack, and uh, my bed breaks, and I go flying through the middle of it. <laughs> and Anouk's like, what was that noise? I'm like, uh, I just broke my bed by standing on it. Why were you standing on it? I don't know. Anyway, so that, that I, I completely know what tunnel vision is. And it's weird <laughs> because you feel like you, you know exactly what you're doing, but you really don't. 25 minutes and I'm going, how... <laughs> How do humans do this? Just, how are we? How have we gone so far as to go to the moon when, like, we can? You know, we just have to talk about something cra- crazy, and it's twenty-five minutes of. To be fair, know. we have tunnel vision in the podcast. Like, we talk and talk and talk. Yeah, true. And we're sorry. Like, and we're like, wait a minute, we're, we're a film podcast. Wait, <laughs> we're a film podcast. <laughs> like, wait, oh yeah, the film. You know, watch it. We're like, anyway, this is what happened. In we're my not life just talking today. to our mates about something that happened okay, a few so- weeks ago. Shaun of the Dead is really good. Tunnel vision. So basically that happens to him and it's really well done because obviously you don't have tunnel vision. So you're watching it going, how the hell are you walking past all of this like stuff? Like bins on, you know, upside down and people like bleeding from and like and arms ripped off. And, like, if, you want, if you want some um, payoff. So you, we watched the scene the first time. Uh, Sean going to the shop and he's interacting with all these people and um, the kid with the football you know kicks it and he's like oh you're dead apparently <laughs> Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg they're like in hindsight it's like we should have had a scene where we kicked the ball back at him and knocked his head off or something like that <laughs> like they wanted to do that but they just didn't think and they didn't think about doing it wow. but because that would have been worked perfectly because he kicks the ball at him so you know that's true actually also um i really like that there are a lot of um amputee extras in this oh. i mean it makes sense that you would use amputee, yeah but it didn't i didn't really think of that until we watched the the commentary maybe a few months ago and they were like oh yeah this is another one of our amputee actors and it's just like well of course they would use amputee actors like why the hell would they not yeah because that's just less i mean it goes back to when so i have a massive scar on my left arm and when we did a workshop with Pat Patrick Tucker, shout out. It's a rain dance link there. Yeah, well, that's a rain dance link. Um, <laughs> he was like, you'd get a lot of work in hospitals, in like burn units or car accidents or something, because obviously you are cheaper because they don't have to use makeup. And so, I mean, it's not something that an actor would yeah, think of. You yeah, would exactly. Get, you would be, get a lot of roles as like burnt dragon victim and stuff. Right, like exactly. That. Like they would use you as, um, they would use your body. They would use a shot of like your chest. Yeah. To show the damage, and then they would like put makeup as well, so because they wouldn't have to use like a full prosthetic, they would just add more to your scar. Right, and they they obviously want it to be look more fresh and yeah. more gory. So yeah, I mean that's something to think about to anyone who's an actor or Which, whatever. Again, rounds back to a previous podcast and a previous point on this podcast and a previous episode of a podcast. Did I do? That? Oh, I said it. <laughs> the grammar fascist coming. Look, yeah, I said episode, episode. And, and then I said I said episode, and then I said podcast. I'm like, Adam, you had it right. What do you say it again? I meant in this episode, right? We talked about Kingsman briefly. Mm. So that was the big thing about um, Sophia Botella from yes. Atomic Blonde having the like the prosthetic legs in that film 
And they, obviously she didn't. She doesn't have prosthetic right. legs. Right, and I mean, so. I remember even asking you when we were watching it, like, does she actually have two prospe- like, prosthetic legs? This was before we realised it was Sofia Botello. Right. Oh, yeah, of course she's um, got legs. <laughs> and then when we saw in Atomic Blonde, it's like, oh, well, then she she's not an amputee or, or, or whatever. She, or she grew her legs back. Yeah, haha, very it's, funny. It's <laughs> uh, actually security from the studios. They know that the actor can deliver. There's a name there. So they're going for... Yeah, they- they, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. I think they, what they, yeah, they, right. they they know she yeah. can act yeah. pretty well. It's not yeah. to denigrate anyone, obviously, but No. Yeah. And I mean actually for a long time I had quite a lot of anger with that, like, oh, just because you're not known, they don't want to take a risk on you, that's awful, it's all about money. But if you actually you know, you're on a film set and you realise how much stuff you an actor has to know and how much time they can't waste time on you, like telling you and talking to you about how to act and what to do and all this stuff. So you need to know your job before you come on a film set. So I kind of understand why. But then it's also like, you know, if if you have an actor who has no legs, you know, like un- underneath the knee, we should be able to use them. And it's just the same thing of like all these people saying, why does Doctor Who have to be a woman now? Because, you know, Doctor Who was always a man. It's the same thing. It's like, yes, but now we should probably give women the chance to show that we can do the same stuff. We'll talk about it on the Rain Dance episode, the differences between <laughs> Sorry. St- between um, stage acting, which is a very much you you learn that craft, you learn this intense and you're, you're inner and you have your technique and all your, your acting ability. What people know is like actor training or drama school, really. Right, it's hard work. We'll talk about the actor difference because acting for uh, acting on film is a technical skill it's like any instrument you know there's a lot of stuff that you have to be able to do um, every day and that people wonder like oh why do we not see him in film it's like i can understand why actors are more comfortable on stage rather than on film it's a bit more freeing i had another point as well what did you just say <laughs> you said, Thanks, Adam. what was your end point you said something about oh i've remembered it now which goes back to what i said in the alien episode about tim curry that's why i believe that tim curry could easily reprise a role of some kind in the 2019 chapter two it because there should be no reason why an actor that suffered um he's well his was a stroke so any physically impaired actor should not should lose out on a part just because they're physically impaired because right. and it works the same way it's like all physically impaired actors should get the chance to play larger roles i mean yeah it's the same with race and sex you know there'll be a point in our lifetime where we go and see a hamlet where the guy hasn't got any limbs or something like that you know like he's a disabled actor which would be really interesting to see because it's it's unlike we recently and especially with the whole um boycott oscars with them black versus white for representation it's like um how studios sometimes mistake like oh we make this character black therefore it's a it's for black people it's like no it's got to be justified and that's what we talk about with like such as um the reboot of ghostbusters it wasn't they just put women in it instead of making the women the key point you know it wasn't written for them I hope that happens for um, actors with physically impaired or disabled actors. It's tough because I don't know what the correct term is for actors mm. with disabilities. So I'm going to say that. I apologise if I've offended anyone. If anyone does know the correct term, please let me know. Because um, I would, I would lo- honestly, I would love. I would, if I had the ability to cast a Hamlet with an actor with, say, a, um, prosthetic legs absolutely oh other point shouldn't be an issue because it's exactly the same i mean if you have prosthetic anything that means that you have you know a function it's just a machine that's the only difference between him and me do you know what i mean it's like it shouldn't be an issue well me and anuk saw um macbeth at the shakespeare globe 
and the production was terrible but the best thing in it was an actress who um it was her arms right she had she had she had no uh right arm she had no forearms or was it, was it... yeah she had no right forearm right yeah and she was the best thing in it because she moved in a totally yeah, different care. way she didn't care it wasn't about her character wasn't about her being disabled yeah in that way. and she it used it and it was it. funny and i know sometimes you don't have to use it like i mean this is a big big subject i just countered myself and i said they used her and they didn't use the fact that she had a disabled arm i meant the fact that i wasn't taking i mean that i wasn't taken out of the scene because i'm looking oh she hasn't got a right forearm it doesn't make sense it worked that's what i meant yeah right and also prosthetics yes but sometimes like we'll do a magic month right We'll try to do that with the Now You See Me and uh, Paul's documentary, Our Magic. In that documentary, ah. there is a um, guy called uh, Maddie Gilbert. Well, it's you would think it's Gilbert, but no, he, last time we talked, it's, it's from French, so Gilbert. Well, anyway, huh. he has no hands, ah. no prosthetics, but ah. he does incredible card tricks. He wow. created his own moves as just incredible of a story of... Wow. Yeah. That's really, that's amazing. That's really interesting. And it's sad to think that, of course, he, he probably had to work harder than someone else. But then again, it's like, that's your life. And it's amazing that he's been able to just use that to his advantage. Because obviously that's something that he's got above everyone else. It's like um, when Patrick Tucker said to me about um, being a chunky fellow. He's like, well, <laughs> if you don't like it, change it you know right well yeah and like it's, and thick dudes yeah so even though so someone you, that doesn't have a limb can't exactly no I, what, I'm, what i mean is the fact that he uses what he has yeah you know like for me it was change it or use it and for his senses i can't change it so i'm going to use it and i'm going to make that why i'm the best at what i do right and different and actually to be fair the the, the more skills you have in this industry because it's so harsh and it's so competitive mm. like use it do you know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid of your differences because that's what makes you different. Like, you don't want to be... I mean I, I mean, I was even talking to one of my friends who's blonde and, and beautiful and she's a very skilled actor, but she was talking about how hard it is because, because she's blonde and white and there are so many white blonde girls out there that she feels like she has a lot. So it, I know that there are some people that are like, oh, we don't have enough ethnic actors. We don't have enough of this. We don't have enough. Of, but then now what's actually happening is that quite a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, we want someone different. So, I mean, things are changing. I mean, it's all a massive thing. There are so many problems with the world, isn't there? <laughs> My favorite <laughs> Superman ever, Christopher Reeves, after his uh, yeah. horse accident, he still had a few yeah, roles. Yeah, he did, yeah. Mm. That's a very good point. We have totally just diverged from. Sorry, to be <laughs> but fair, I mean, though. but the, I mean, this this is basically us saying like it's ama- It's good that Edgar Wright used amputee yes, actors because actors. he could have easily just put you know an arm behind the back and made it yeah. look bloody. You know, there are there are ways of doing it with people that that have all their limbs. But the fact that he used stunt men and stunt women that actually were amputees, like that's pretty yeah, awesome because yeah so well budget wise i i said that in the, we're going to talk about in the rain dance episode but edgar wright was the first intern at rain dance it was the oh. elliot's grove intern oh. like yes way, way yes, back. yes 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 so, yes yeah. i remember you saying <laughs> young and eager as, as elliot says that's insane <laughs> that's amazing soundtrack wise 
I realized something, not now, but during uh, Rain Dance and Isolani, which I will touch on a bit later, but just to give a few ideas. I realized that in terms of soundtrack score, I'm more touched and ingrained by stuff that is composed rather than actual songs. When mm. they are not, I mean, in there, most of the stuff is composed. And when you have songs, they either come from the car's radio or the jukebox. So there's an actual reason for them to appear, like in Baby Driver, actually. So That's true. Yes, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the, you, you just watch Alien. If we think about um, the actual art form of composing music, and you go back to Beethoven and Mozart and all these amazing and music that will last forever, you know because it is so well crafted again it's a skill and it's especially for movies and uh, and for com uh, like for example i think it's is it mozart's season or is it vivaldi it's not it's not beethoven because it's two but anyway there's one that's got the seasons and then um, oh all, vivaldi yeah that's it i was right vivaldi's yeah, four yeah, seasons yeah, so yeah. each piece of the music represents like spring summer autumn winter mm -hmm. you know and that's just evolved throughout time to relate to cinema now where it's composing for the scene. The best example of that is um, Lord of the Rings. The soundtrack, the score for Lord of the Rings is so epic and feeling that it has to be done right. It has to paint the picture. Because again, we've learned because um, we make our own content as filmmakers for Milk and Wine Glass, our production company. I've learned as trying to start as a filmmaker as well as an actor that I used to always worry about lighting, but now more and more I'm like, sound is equally, if not more important sometimes, mm. you know? For example, the, I've listened to a SoundCloud episode where it's the composer of the Game of Thrones theme whose name is incredibly difficult to pronounce so i won't <laughs> even begin to pronounce it but um he talks about that he wanted to capture the fact that you were going on an adventure you know every time mm. you heard that music you're like right it's it's time we're going on an adventure and <laughs> that's exactly yeah exactly it nails it it totally it nails it. so it's equally as important so yeah i think baby driver is the first example of a soundtrack by song that paints a picture at a well I mean, things have definitely tried to do it, like um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy did it. It's a pretty good success, I would say. Yes, I was, yeah, I was planning on talking about that in the Rain Dance one, but yeah, well, yeah, there's the, the rare ones which are very, work, very well. Yes. It has to be fought out. It yes. has to be a decision of going, we're going to do this with songs. We need to make sure we can get these songs or I have to be committed to these songs. Why? The one. These songs have to be, you have to write the song into the scene. You know, you have to right. know the, the song so well that you can write the movement to the scene. Otherwise, yeah. it just it's just there for effect. The whole point is the trigger. I mean, what I was talking about earlier, the composed stuff, like when I hear Jurassic Park theme, I'm immediately back into the... <laughs> into the thing. And a bit less with actual songs, except Guardian of the Galaxy. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think you know 500 I mean? Days of Summer does that quite well. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean Suicide Squad, yeah. I mean, the soundtrack oh, is Suicide no, Squad. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to talk about Suicide no, Squad. No, no, no. we have no, to no. because there's it's it's so many examples of where they tried to do things and it just didn't work. Uh, I hated that film. <sighs> anyway. I think everyone kind of hated that film. Right. We should watch Suicide Squad and then we can watch Shaun of the Dead again because it just shows like the differences <laughs> in like master. Well, um, I mean, I do mean that Justice League's coming out this year, so maybe we. Oh could, yeah. Maybe we should yeah, do at the end of the month. Actually, I think this or, month or in November. It's early November. Oh, in November. Yeah. Um, so Shit. maybe we should do a whole. Bat we should do Man of Steel. Superman versus Bat Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad. You know that the Wonder whole, Woman, the DCU maybe. world. Mm. 
I know it. I know it. <laughs> Everyone sounded so excited. About that I don't know. Actually, I liked pretty much all of them except Suicide Squad, to be honest. I haven't seen any of them except Suicide Squad, actually. Uh, I was not. Honestly, I haven't. I that might not, be my fault, to be fair. I was not on the Martha hate train. Why did you say that name? Oh, God. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've seen some scenes and it just in the terms of just acting, I thought it was just looked poor. I know it got a lot of hate and I probably shouldn't say anything until I've seen it because that's not fair. No, I mean, in terms of popcorn entertaining value, it was strong. I would say. <laughs> right, and I mean, there's a lot of movies like that. I mean, like, I know Marvel is like really Army good. Of Darkness, DC was, really Army good of that. Darkness was like that for me. You know, turn off, watch this crazy film, enjoy it. You know, there are films that work like that. As long as you're committed and you're... Hollywood you're eyes. <laughs> as, long as, <laughs> as long as you're committed to the theme that you set, then go for it. <laughs> yeah, of course. It reminds me of a beautiful song also. In your Hollywood eyes, you can see... Well, anyway... <laughs> Um, uh, we don't talk about that. So. No, we don't talk about that. Did, did you notice that your uh, young blonde friend with a phone was in there? Well, there was uh, something looking a bit like this when uh, Ed is just taking a phone while they are struggling to get into to the be, Winchester. To be fair, he wasn't on Snapchat in the middle of the movie, so I'm not annoyed at, I'm not annoyed at Ed. I'm still annoyed at that. I see. Yes, I know what you mean. But I mean, I, I, yeah. Well, you made me aware of the thing because during Rand Dance, we've seen Isolani, which is a world premiere. So you had pretty much the whole room was people involved with the productions or friends. And we had yeah. some Snapchat action going on. Yeah, Yeah, no, I, I, I there was a, there was a woman that was sitting like maybe three seats over and she was on the phone pretty much the whole time and not even trying to hide the phone. It was like in front of her face. So even like her face lit up and it was just like, well, do you want to mention this now or should we wait for Rain? Dance to talk about it. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let, we'll, we'll, let, wait. Sorry, wait. sorry, sorry. Because I, I was about to go for like, was it version two point uh, Yes. <laughs> of the, fo- of the phone another, rant. Another phone but, uh, rant. We'll save that for rain dance. We'll save that for yeah, rain dance. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, um. There are so many iconic things in this film. For example, the whole jumping over the fence gag. Oh yes. Very good. <laughs> Which they do also do in Hot Fuzz. And they do it in uh, World's End too. Ah, oh, perfect. It's there too. I don't know if it's a conscious reference, probably yes, but uh, when Sean is talking about the guys explaining what will happen and where he works, he mentions a guy who's sick who is named Ash. Yeah, I did spot that too. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. That's only funny though because we just watched Army of Darkness. Are yes. We, yeah. Did we also notice the um, Danny Boyle reference at the very end of the film? No. At the very end of the film, when they're watching the, it's actually quite funny because um, Sean does his plan actually does unfold. Like he gets to the Winchester and Emily, oh, go home for a cup of tea and that will be good. And he's sitting at home drinking a cup of tea with um, his partner Liz. And uh, the last thing you hear on the TV before she turns it off is um, the theory that the plague was caused by infected monkeys has been, and then it cuts off, which is obviously the the reference to 28 days later because that is rage is because of animal testing okay. yeah okay have you guys okay. not seen 28 days later in a while a very long time ago that's a good film well, I don't know remember if it was 21 weeks there are more than one right there's, the 20, weeks and there's 28 days and then there's 28 weeks week. and then there might be another one but I can't remember if there is month no I don't know only- <laughs> 28 months later <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Richie it's like no you got the number wrong it's 27 <laughs> um yeah so. we've noticed a few f- friendly faces there i don't remember the name of the guy unfortunately but the guy there was martin freeman in there martin freeman yeah. and there was the second guy of the inside number nine duo 
So it's either Reese Shearsmith or Steve Pemberton. I, I think believe... it's Sh- Shearsmith. I think it's Shearsmith. Reese Shearsmith, is it? Unfortunately, we won't be talking about this mini series because it's too good. And uh, <laughs> we, we can't, like, we, we tend to go into spoilers and it's so well written and relying on twists that it would be a shame. Basically, wow. basically, inside number nine, every episode has a twist, basically. It's a lot like Tales of the Unexpected, but good. Obviously, Tales of the Unexpected was a really bizarre show. Really bizarre show. I don't know if you had... It must be a British thing. I'll show you a couple Probably. of I'll show you a couple of I know of Tales from the Crypt, but that's not... Uh, you know, I can't remember. The, there's an American version of it, but um, mm. yeah. Uh, have you seen the recent season, series of Inside Number 9, Series 3? Have you only seen the... Uh, yes, I've seen... Uh, yeah, yeah. I've like the one with the bill, when they're all out to dinner. And, yes, uh, oh yes. That's a great episode. So yes. good. Yes. They're, all, they're all really good. Yes, um, really. And there's one who looks... Actually, it's good that I'm talking about this, because there's one with a friend who is uh, squatting. So oh, a bit yeah. like a uh, bit like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, the hobo. Oh, yeah. So many good. So I wish we could have an Inside Number Nine podcast, just but you can't because it would ruin it for everyone. Yeah, because you, you'd like you want to speak about it with that with spoilers. We could talk about. We could probably do a Psychoville and a League of Gentlemen sort of oh, thing. Psycho. Oh, please, please. Have you seen Psychoville, Jan? Was that one of the episodes? Or no, it's, or a, something it's, else? A, it's a TV series. It's a series they did before. They, ha- they did Inside Number 9 because in- Psychoville was so bizarre and macabre that BBC couldn't renew it. They didn't renew it past two seasons. Couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it. It was like, this is so weird. Yeah, it was Le- weird. You can see the seeds in League of Gentlemen, which is coming back, so we should talk about it at some point um, oh, in the future. Right. The movie that destroyed Sean Connery's career. Oh, <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> There's a yeah. There was a TV series called The League of Gentlemen, which features the writer of um, Sherlock, Matt Gatiss, and the two that wrote Inside Number Nine. They did a sort of almost sketch and comedy series that linked together. It's a very much like Psychoville, but we'll talk about that one day. Well, it's not the League of the Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, it's just it's, normal. Ju- it's just called the League of Gentlemen. Ah, okay, of Gentlemen. No, so forget the Sean Connery. No, Sean Connery is not in League of Gentlemen. I <laughs> know. Oh, I've seen that film. Yeah, yeah. That's a very odd film. Mm. <laughs> I thought. The connection, obviously, they had the spaced uh, experience, for, but the connection between the two leads was just like they were friends. Yeah, like, you really, really yeah. just they are as well. Nice. So you feel yeah, it, yeah. you know. Very, very good. Very natural. <laughs> One of those rare moments on film that you're like, I can see them as a real, real people, which was nice. You know, it's real acting. Re- yeah, real act, real acting. Because it's not ultra faked. Also, a joke that comes twice, uh, two jokes that come twice, two jokes at the start when Sean is coming and you've got the camera going up, you feel that he may be zombified already, like when he's yawning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's also the fart. uh, (laughs) And those two jokes come back way, way afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. Yeah. All good stuff. Love we that. could talk about every. We could take it apart scene by scene, but that's not what we do here at the Good Debate. No, just plain standard. Not really. so we talk about we talk about what we like about it, and then we go off at tangents and have a discussion. <laughs> We're a movie discussion podcast, not a review podcast. I'm afraid. That's yeah, you're right. Yes, that's correct. Indeed. Maybe yeah. that's our, maybe just, that's our unique selling point. We just have a rating at the end, but it's just like, it moves. So like, I mean, we had the good standard and uh, it's, it's not the right. title. Like. Okay, here's, I came up with a title when I was watching something. Maybe it was a bit of a pun off of the good, the bad and the ugly. Because I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if you could talk about films that were good and bad? There you go, you've covered it in the title. But for me, for example, right, Army of Darkness. If Army of Darkness wasn't committed to what it is, you know, that whole having so much fun with it, right? That would be a bad movie 
The thing is, Army of Darkness, regardless of if you if you are a fan of it or not, you can't call that a standard movie because it's so committed to what it is. When you watch other films, let's take, take a standard film that I've seen all the way through. So I will judge it as that. Like, for example, let's say... Suicide Squad? No, Suicide Squad's just a bad movie. But the thing is, like, for su- that's, that's a good example, though. Well, just plain bad. Just plain bad. Just plain bad. <laughs> um, Passenger. With Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. I believe it's Chris Pratt. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just another standard movie. You know, it's just, oh, I've seen this movie before. I Essentially, just playing standard is, I've seen this movie before and it doesn't do anything new with the formula. I haven't seen Life, which is essentially Alien again. Uh, oh, yes. But apparently that was that's quite interesting. Because... Um, that looked actually quite good. Because the script was spontaneous that you didn't know who was going to die when. So I quite like that idea. But that's what I mean. That can't be st- just plain standard because they've tried to do something with it, you know? It can only be good or bad. They're never going to be just standard. A film that commits to what it is can't be just standard. When a film is just mundane, there for the money, just plain standard. Emoji movie, just plain standard. Doesn't do anything new with it. It's not even bad because bad would be a compliment. Because a bad movie, people go, oh, let's watch it. Like, just plain standard. An example of a really difficult one to categorise, which we will watch one day if we're doing um, International Month. Who Killed Captain Alex? A Nigerian action film. Totally bizarre. You you can't... It's 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 like a... It's almost like a student film. It's that weird. That's a bad film. Yeah, it is, but it's it's not just plain standard because... No, it's not a standard. But I'd quite like to review that like all with open eyes because I would like to go and see the whole film. Yeah. I've only seen bits of it, but... I'm trying to think of a standard film and I can't. And maybe that's because it's standard. It's just like your your mind is just like... This no, is what I mean. that out. Uh, the just plain standard movies you don't remember. You, you don't. I'm sure Hitman's Bodyguard would have been a just plain standard for me if I hadn't walked out 20 minutes. Emoji movie. The funny thing is with Emoji movie is we went to see it because everyone was saying this is the worst animated film in history. I'm like, oh, let's go and see this train wreck. It wasn't the worst animated film I've seen in history. The production value behind it was huge, but it was boring. It was nothingy. That's how bad it was. It was just plain standard. So that's how our rating (laughs) system works. If a film is irredeemable, it's just plain standard. You know, which means when we eventually do come to a film that is just plain standard which I'll be honest will probably only happen in the modern releases because when we choose the films to watch together we have prior knowledge of them before and we've actively we've never chosen a film that's just plain standard yet maybe we should maybe we'll have a just plain standard month where we watch just plain standard films because mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I would hate that, but yeah. Yeah, but those episodes will be difficult for us to talk about because the film is so dull and it'll mostly Mm. be us talking about other movies, really. Yeah, that would be a challenge. So, yeah. That's correct. That's what I mean by, that's why we're the good, the bad and the just plain standard. We Mm. talk about the good movies, we talk about the bad movies, and sometimes we watch the just plain standard movies. (laughs) Just for you. Just just for you. And we'll Um, we'll talk about it. Do you have a quote in mind for this one that you liked? That I liked the most. Ah, oh, she's engaged. Oh, that was quick. That this is yeah. serious, Ed. My favourite scene is that whole bit with the, the throwing the records. It's like <laughs> Liz gave me that. Liz gave me that. That's Liz's. Oh, the Batman soundtrack. Ah, oh, chuck it. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah, and you have a quote. Yes, I don't think I have it in me to shoot my mum, my flatmate, and my girlfriend all in in the same evening. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good. I'm weird with I'm weird with quotes because I like I just like funny phrases. For example, this scene where they're all when he's just um, threatening Dylan Thomas's character, and Edge just goes, "Yeah!" 
every time Sean says you something. You mean Moran? David Moran. Dylan Thomas, I think, is a famous author. The name Dylan Thomas rings a bell. Uh, Moran. Dylan Mo- uh, No, Thomas, because that's what the one I said. Did I say Moran or Thomas? I'm, I'm losing it, man. It's Dylan Moran. I know. I was trying... Ah, oh, right. Okay. Dylan Moran. But actual quotes. Like, for example, my favourite quote in, um, in Shaun of the Dead is probably, um, Pack it in, you silly bastard. Like, <laughs> shit like that, I just find funny. Like, it's just great. I like the way it ended. Like, post-events. Uh, there was the Z-Day and there's those yeah. zombie eight guys trying to get money. <laughs> and the zombie game show. Like, the, yeah, the yeah. update, I married a monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Trisha, yeah. She, he's still my husband still love him i see a guy see him in it <laughs> very good very very good mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's time for the question anuk yan is Shaun of the dead good bad or just plain standard yan good very very good anuk yep very good and in the style of the future rory mccann in um hot fuzz it's good yar <laughs> Yar. So basically, we were Adam, Anouk, and Jan. Bye bye. 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 Somebody fetch me a cornetto now. I'm quite hungry now. <sighs>